All right. All right, well, thank you guys uh, for doing that. Um, uh, we don't do this often, but I thought it would be nice to highlight. Uh, so let's give uh, Lee and Angela a hand. They just had their baby. and um, First day back at church uh, without Angela. You're, you're a good husband, I guess. Uh, you want to worship God. Uh, but uh, it's great to see uh, Lee here, and uh, what a blessing uh, that God adds to our family. Today, we come to a very straightforward passage. There's two commands, follow and guard. Now, because of the simplicity of this text, it would really be a disservice to us if we, because it was so simple, we don't really understand or give it the value that it deserves because it is of utmost importance. That if you understand what Paul is telling Timothy, to follow and to guard, and you apply this into your life, I mean, it makes all the difference. It differentiates between a heretic and a true disciple of God. A person that is world-centered as opposed to God-centered. A person that lives a wasted life as opposed to a kingdom-minded life that God honors. And the reason why is because we all follow something, right? We all guard something. This is what T.M. Moore says. He's a pastor talking about this verse. He says, everyone follows something. Our lives are led by visions, hopes, promises, principles, plans, and the like. The choices and decisions we make today are in large part determined by our sense of what we want tomorrow to be. We are led in the present by the prospects of the future. We all, it seems, got to follow that dream. Similarly, we are all guarding, protecting, and preserving those things we treasure and hold dear. We seek to preserve health and wealth, to protect investments, to guard reputations, and so forth. We seem to know intuitively that the world is a dangerous place with plenty of adversity lurking in the shadows, ready to rob us of our well-being at any moment. So we exercise constant vigilance over the things that matter to us, giving them time, energy, and attention, lest they be stolen away. Now, why is it important that we understand and apply the biblical model for following and guarding? Is because what we follow and what we guard reveals our values, our foundations, what we desire for our life to be, what we spend our energy, time, and investments on. And so that's why it's very important and this is why I believe Paul is telling his disciple, you better do these two things well. Follow the word of God, which is what we're going to get into, and guard the word of God. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to just hold it in your hands. If you have your phone, I guess uh, it will have to do. <laughs> but I'd like for you to just, just kind of, because... Today is going to be a little bit of a simple message, but don't disregard it because it's so important and powerful for us. But I'd like for you to just, just understand that this is God's very words to you and I. To not ignore, but to recognize how much we need this in our lives. Amen? Amen. 
So that's where we're going. We want to follow the word of God. So let's go to the first verse. 2 Timothy 1.13. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. The sound words, this is teaching, theology, God's word. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say just listen to it. It doesn't say just be able to listen to some podcast that you have on your phone. To be able to recite what your pastor said about that verse. No, it says to what? Follow, obey, apply it, put it into action. Make it a part of the life fabric that you live. And you see, this is really in the present imperative. It's a command that calls for habitual action. It's like do it now and do it continually. Do you guys remember that song um, that we used to sing when we were little? If you grew up in the church, maybe you know this song. Do you know the song? Don't build your house on the sandy land. Yes? Okay, thank you. I like a little participation. But if you know that song, uh, where is that from? That's from Matthew 7, where Jesus is talking at the Sermon on the Mount. And do you remember what the difference between the sandy land and the rock was? Anyone? Well, the difference was that those that are on the sandy land are those that hear God's word but don't apply it. But those that are on the rock are those that hear it and put it into action. Go to Matthew 7, verse 24 and 26. It says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Right? Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, the Bible is trying to warn us constantly, but particularly in this passage, that look, if you want a thriving walk with the Lord and you want a solid foundation, you need to be people that not only listen and hear, read, but you are applying it into your daily life. Action. To take action upon our knowledge. Uh, you know, during my free time, one of the things that I do enjoy doing is playing golf. Anyone? Yeah? Anyone enjoy playing golf? But you know what I don't like doing is playing golf with my mom. Uh, well, let me explain why. I love my mom, so I don't want you to take it the wrong way. But the reason why is because my mom likes to talk like crazy when we're playing golf, right? And, you know, golf is supposed to be like a peaceful sport where you could just kind of... But she takes it upon herself to be my caddy and swing coach, right? I didn't ask for that. So we'll be on the putting green, and I'll be reading a green, and she'll be like, it breaks right. I'm like, it, it doesn't. Okay, whatever. So I'll hit it, and I'll miss. And she'll be like, you mishit it. Like, oh, okay, all right. I'll be on, you know, be swinging, and I'll miss hit a shot like I do a lot because I'm not good at golf, right? So I miss it. So, and she'll literally say the most obvious thing. She'll be like, you didn't hit that well. I'm like, yeah, I didn't hit it well. You know, but what, you know what the most frustrating thing about that is that my mom's not good at golf. And she's trying to tell me what to do. So she'll like miss hit a shot, and then she'll be like, hey, you got to hit it better. Look at the ball. And she doesn't look at the ball. I'm like, hey, you do it first, and then maybe I'll listen to you. Right? Action 
must follow. Not, I mean, it's nonsense to be all like, I know it, but I, I don't do it. And you see, for Paul telling Timothy, he's like, you got to not listen, but you got to follow. Look, you can distinguish if it's sound or unsound, but look, you got to follow. You got to apply it into your life. Also, uh, if you study that word, uh, sound, it's in the Greek, it's this word, hygienio. It sounds like the word hygiene, right? Because what it's supposed to imply is that it's these, this, these words, the teaching of God's word, it, that it, it's clean, it's pure, it's what God wants. But from there, you need to recognize that there are unsound, unclean words around us all the time that we might be tempted to follow. At that time uh, in the church, the unsound words that were kind of creeping into the church and people were buying into was not all these heretical crazy things. It was a, a very subtle thing, which was don't stand out. Just go with the flow. And the reason why is because during that time, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy named Nero, but there was this huge persecution that was coming on the church. And so the idea was like, hey, if you don't want to die and if you don't want to lose stuff and you don't want to suffer, just, just blend in. Don't stand up for, you know, you don't have to say you, like, you love Jesus everywhere. Just blend in. And so people were buying in. And so Paul's like, that is not what the Word of God teaches. This is why in verse 8 he says this of chapter 1. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. The reason why he's saying that is because people are buying into and following unsound words that you should just go with the flow to avoid suffering. You know, Nero and persecution doesn't exist around us necessarily. But it's alarming because this is happening in the church where people are buying into unsound words to just blend in, to not stand up for truth. To not follow what God wants, right? A.W. Tozer said this. Uh, he said, increasing numbers of Christians are becoming ashamed to be found unequivocally on the side of truth. They say they believe, but their beliefs have been so diluted as to be impossible of clear definition. And it's scary that we live in a culture where this is happening. So we need to be people that understand the sound doctrine and God's word, and stand up for it, and follow it, and live it out. The second part of this verse, 13, is very, very important. If you go back there, it says this. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. In the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This is essential. You know what it's saying? That you don't just follow, right, out of sheer will and obligation. That you don't do it because of a formal, lifeless retention of like rote formula or like rigid orthodoxy. Like you just kind of try to just do it. No, it's because I love God and I trust him with all my life. I follow. I dig into God's word. And I live it out. Not because I'm obligated to, but because I love him. And isn't it true that a lot of times obedience follows affection? Uh, for example, uh, there is this person I found in the UK. Um, she loves Hello Kitty. Okay? So this is her. And so she, she has spent, okay, I uh, did some research. She has spent over $50,000 on Hello Kitty stuff. And 
This is not just one room. Her whole house is, looks like this. This is not like one like, room that is locked, you know, that no one else can go into except when she feels creepy and then she opens it and she's like, yeah. It's not that. Every room in the house looks like this. Now, why? You're like, that's creepy. But it makes sense because if you love Hello Kitty, okay, okay, that sounds so weird, but if you love Hello Kitty, obedience follows. Your life will change. It'll look different. Here's another example. This is a, a Raiders fan. <laughs> Hard to find Raiders fan these days. And uh, so look at this guy. He doesn't go to work like that, okay? But he will come to a game. How long do you think it took him to make that face paint? And I, I kind of picture his, like, big, like, manly friend, like, hey, don't move <laughs> for two hours or something. Now, why? You love something. Your life changes. You follow. Here's the third one. Then this one shocked me, okay? I, I, I kid you not, I haven't seen this. I saw this for the first time like a year and a half ago. And I was walking through Brea Mall. And I saw a carriage. It looked like a baby carriage, but it was weird because it was kind of covered. So like, that's strange. And then a dog popped up. I was like, that's a dog stroller. I was like, what is that? And I was literally for the whole day, I was like shocked. Oh, by the way, if you have one, I'm not judging you. Like, it's, it's all good. Like, hey, you know what? That's just really good. Like, I, I don't mind you have it. It's just, like, for me, and this is something I just share with you. I don't love dogs. I'm not a dog person. I'm not a cat person. I'm not a cow person. I'm not, I just, I think that animals were made for us to eat. Okay, so, so just, just please don't judge me on that. I just, I'm not, I'm not a big dog person, okay? But I completely understand if you love dogs, this makes sense to you. In some weird world, does it make sense? Because your love and affection dictates your life. And see, for Paul, he's literally saying, if you think that you can by just try obligation, just be in God's word and follow it every day, you're wrong. It stems from a love of God. And an understanding that he is sovereign and he loves you and you can trust him. So in faith and in love of Jesus Christ, we follow the sound words of God's direction given to us in the Bible. Amen? All right, let's move on. Verse 14. We not only follow it, but we guard the good deposit. Verse 14 says this, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. That word guard literally means to defend it, to keep it pure. Don't dilute it. Don't change it. Don't taint it. And value it. Now, the word good deposit, if you break it up in the Greek, it literally translates to the word treasure. That God's word should be valued in such a way that it should be like treasure. Look, I don't know what you treasure in your life, but somewhere along the way, we have forgotten that this is so valuable. You know, when I got saved uh, during my seventh grade retreat uh, that summer, and, and it was only for a summer, but, you know, in seventh grade, uh, I was digging into God's Word. And I couldn't wait. I was memorizing Scripture. I was, you know, at that time, Vineyard was popular. I was listening to Vineyard, and I was looking at God's Word, and I was like, man, this is awesome. And somewhere along the way, lost that. 
And for all of us, we need to treasure this. And it has been entrusted to us by God. Uh, I might have shown this verse, or I'm sorry, this video before, but I want to show you again. Uh, this is a video in, of an underground Chinese church, and they, for the first time, had smuggled in some Bibles, and I want you to see their reaction, because it's really treasuring God's Word. I want you to see it. Go ahead. I mean, that should blow your mind. And how we have taken for granted the Word of God. When it is literally should be treasure. I mean, this is the first Bible that they've ever had. And, I mean, literally smuggled in. And, it, I mean, they're like kissing. When was the last time you kissed your Bible? <laughs> but, I mean, really, do you value it? Or do you not recognize that this is very very important. This is literally the words of God spoken to us. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but for every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That this is an absolute necessity for us. And so for some reason, I don't know why, maybe we've just gotten so used to it. And maybe some of us, we have too many Bibles in our house. I don't know. But you need to treasure it because it has been entrusted to us. Now, let's go back to verse 14, because the first part's very important as well. It says this, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Now, this reveals to us by whose power we are to do this. Because you might, maybe you're moved today. So you go home and you're like, yes, the word of God, I'm going to read it. And I'm telling you right now, by yourself, the Bible tells us that our spirit is willing sometimes, but our flesh is weak. It's clear. So if you try to do this on your own, you are going to fail. And you have done that in your life, I'm sure. So you do this, you guard it, and you follow it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you got to pray. And you got to ask. Pray that, oh, God, I want to fall in love with your word. I want, to be, I want to be a person that digs into it, that makes time for it. That like the psalmist and Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And that is possible when we do it by the Spirit's power. I pray that, that we would wake up as a church. That Bible reading and memorizing scripture is not for youth kids, but literally it is for all of us that you would go home and recognize the value of this. 
and to not just read it, but to follow it. Let it take root in your heart and to let the Holy Spirit bear fruit. And if you have been struggling, I want to challenge you. Pray and just get started. Just do it. If you're like, oh, you know, I don't have time for it, you can make time. Uh, you know, when I was working at Deloitte, I used to be uh, an auditor before I became a pastor. Don't ever do that. Yeah, don't ever. Be, I'm just kidding. Anyways, so I met a guy, and he was one of the only really, like, Christians that I, I met there. And you know what he would do during his lunchtime? He would fast his lunch, not every day, but just once a week, and he would just read God's word for an hour. Because our lifestyle was chaotic. So for him, if he went home and tried to do it, he was too tired. If he was to try to wake up and do it, it was like too hard. So lunch, when he's at home, without the family, is like at least once a week. Is this enough? Is this, is this valuable enough for me to say, look, maybe I'll be hungry for one day to just read God's word. Let me tell you something. Uh, did you know our crosswalk that they, every kid in there is challenged to memorize a Bible verse? Did you know that? Parents, yes? That they are. So they're memorizing. If you have not memorized God's word, but you've been telling your kids to, something's wrong. When was the last time you memorized a Bible verse? See, we've we got to change something. Something within our heart has hardened to the fact that, look, we feel like maybe you don't need this. Maybe you've read it a long time ago. No. That stops now. You need to follow the sound doctrine, the sound words, because there are unsound words all around us that tempt us to believe in it and to follow it. And we are to guard its purity, to stand up for it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I pray that you will take that to heart as you go home today. Let's pray. Father God, we want to just thank you for your word that was given to us and is so useful for teaching, rebuking, and giving life to us, God. And somewhere along the way, if we've forgotten that, if we've gotten used to a life without that, God, forgive us, remind us, prompt us, help our marriages and our family times to include more of your word in our own personal walk, in our, in our daily schedules. Holy Spirit, we ask for your strength to be able to set aside time to know it and to take action upon it. We just thank you for that treasure, the good deposit. In your name we pray. Amen. At this time, we're going to...